Okay, I want to show you that what we're seeing is, yes, it is a comedy TV show. What we're seeing happening on the Democratic side is a comedy TV show. Now, let me show you. This is a internal video from the New York Times editorial board with Bernie Sanders speaking to the editorial board on why they should endorse him because this is who he this is who he is listen to this amazing audio look i don't tolerate bull terribly well and i come from a different background than a lot of other people who run the country I'm not good at backslapping i'm not good at pleasantries if you have your birthday i'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me that's not what i do never have and I, and I, you know, I, just, I, I take that as a little bit of a criticism, self-criticism. I've been amazed at how many people respond to, happy birthday, oh, Bernie, thanks so much for calling. You know, it works. It, it's just not my style. Um, <laughs> you know, I try to stay focused on the important issues facing working families in okay. this country. And I stop, 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 stop. Now, I'll show you that this is a TV show. I want you to play that audio again, and Sarah, watch for my cue on when to start it, and you, it'll all fall together. Go ahead, start the uh, burning audio. Look, I don't tolerate bull terribly well. And I come from a different background than a lot of other people who run the country. I'm not good at backslapping. I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. That's not what I do. Never have. And, I, and I, you know, I, just, I, I take that as a little bit of a criticism, self-criticism. I've been amazed at how many people respond to, Happy birthday! Oh, Bernie, thanks so much for calling. You know, it works. It, it's just not my style. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I try this to is Larry David. It is. Yeah. It is Larry David. You can't, you can't write that unless you're Larry David. And he's just as like frustrated and miserable, oh, and it's you know, crazy. it's the same character. It's crazy. Okay, but that's not the character they want. Okay, they don't want Larry David. They want Donald Trump. Who they, does? The Democrats. They I want, may have missed a news story. What do you no, mean? No, no, no. <laughs> they want a Donald Trump. They want somebody who speaks to the American people, just says it like it is. On their version of it. What evidence do you have of this? They want to beat Donald Trump. So they're <laughs> looking for someone. They want their that, own Donald Trump? They want their own Donald Trump. They can box people out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, punch them in the face, get them to shut up and sit down. That can wield power like Donald Trump does. Okay? That's what they want. They want that kind of personality. Okay, so let's look. At, as, I, as I was... As I was looking at the uh, the Democratic field the other day, and I started I started thinking, okay, so what's really going on here? How can we possibly relate uh, to the people uh, that are uh, on the uh, you know on the stage? Because they're all weirdos and freaks. And is it just me? No, it's not. <laughs> so I thought, what is it that they are actually? Uh, what is it that they're actually looking for? They have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Michael Bloomberg, also still in the race, Andrew Yang, and Tom Steyer. Well, you're forgetting about Michael Bennett, Tulsi Gabbard, John Delaney, and Deval Patrick. Yeah, sure I, uh, sure I am. Yeah, okay. Sure. See? Just yeah. like the rest of America. But let's just, take, let's just take the ones that they have. 
What they're doing is what the Republicans were doing in 2016. There was a chance to have a new party and a new direction. Okay? And if you look at all of the players here, you will see that the same players, just on the opposite side, were in 2016, except for one. Joe Biden. Who's Joe Biden? Joe Biden is the establishment. He's more of the same. He's what everybody has grown to go, I'm sick of. Joe Biden is Jeb Bush, except at 80. <laughs> okay? If, if he was Jeb Bush's age, he might have a chance. But he's the same guy. Bernie Sanders, they hope in some ways, is Donald Trump, because they're just looking for somebody that can beat him. And he's not Donald Trump. He's, well, I would say in 2016, he's Rand Paul, but he's more Ron Paul because he had that big following that only cared about Ron Paul. And they didn't care about anything else. In fact, they wanted to burn the rest of the situation down. You know, the party can go burn itself to the ground. They didn't care. That's Ron Paul. And and because they're ideologues, they just have, you know, Mao's little red book. We had the little pocket constitution. It's Rand Paul or Ron Paul. Elizabeth Warren, like Ron Paul was too extreme for some people. But they like the fact that he was constitutional and... You know, he believed in all of these things, yada, yada, yada. But he was too far. You wanted somebody that was more, you know, wonky or, you know, just could could operate in the system without burning it down. Mm -hmm. That's Elizabeth Warren. So Elizabeth Warren is Ted Cruz. Just the opposite okay. side. All right. <laughs> Ted all right. Cruz is the guy who would go. You're no. like casting the movie. This is, like you're casting the movie of the Republican primary with the Democratic candidates because <laughs> they kind of have yeah. an there's an equivalence. There's an equivalence. Mm -hmm. They're not exact. Yeah. And they're certainly ideologically on the opposite ends. But Ted Cruz was Ron Paul, except he wasn't going to burn the system down. He had a plan and he was going to mm. uh, will execute this. Well, he was methodical. I, I can see that. That's that's okay. those are fair so far. Right. Um. So you have Elizabeth Warren as Cruz. Pete Buttigieg, I'm not really comfortable, but I think he's kind of like Marco Rubio. Yeah. He's he's less experienced than Marco Rubio, but you look at him, he's like, ah, he should win. I mean, it's kind pretty of on good. Paper. I, on I, paper, he's good. Now, I kind of thought Rubio could be Kamala Harris, the on-paper candidate she that should win. She would probably be better. But she's dropped out. Yeah. Buttigieg is the closest thing I think you have to Rubio. Yeah, and I don't think I have – I don't have anybody uh, clear-cut for, for uh, Buttigieg. That's good, though. I think you're right, though. I think Rubio is a good example there. Uh, Andrew Yang, Carly Fiorina. Okay, both tech entrepreneurs. and Tech entrepreneurs, yeah, yeah. somebody who speaks common sense – um, you know, may not everybody on the other side is not going to agree with. But somewhat palatable to the other side at times. Correct. And mm -hmm. somebody who's just like, can we just talk facts and figures here for just a second? Can we just be rational human beings for a minute? Generally thought of smart, well-liked. Correct. Yeah, Correct. I that. All right. Okay. So. You got me so far. Um, Amy Klobuchar. 
seems like, you know, a normal human being, but probably not so much, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of like a John Kasich where you're kind of like, eh, okay. but I, I went back and forth with John Kasich because I think in a way it could be Tulsi Gabbard because they, it, because they perceive her the way we perceive John Kasich, Kasich just a total was, sellout. But Kasich was much more of a party, you know, figure. He was a more of a Republican yeah. creature. Gabbard's yeah, not you're right, at you're all. Right. So Klobuchar is so probably the right Klo- one. Yeah, because Klobuchar too is one that that occasionally seems palatable to the other side. Which pe- what people said about Kasich, you know, K- Kasich was the one candidate that the Democrats would say they wanted out of the entire field, and probably Republicans might say the same thing about Klobuchar. Tulsa. I mean, we, we talked to we talked to um, Mike Lee when he was in here, and we said, yeah. "Hey, what do you think? Who is of the Democrats that are running that you work with? Who is the closest to the Constitution?" And he said, "Klobuchar." So, I mean, you can kind of see that Gabbard is, I think, likable in different ways, in that she's standing up against the Democrats. I think that's the main reason people like her. Her policies are just not even remotely close to what a Republican would want. There are some people on the right who are like her anti-intervention sort of policies. So there's some alignment there, which there's not really any alignment. See, this is not fair to say, you know, oh, well, who's the closest to the, con- uh, uh, the Constitution in this field? Uh, it's probably Amy. You know, that's like having me, Tim Tebow, uh, Tim Tebow <laughs> and a wino. And which one's the closest to an astronaut? I don't know, probably Tebow because he's in shape. Right. But other than <laughs> yeah, that. I think that's about the level. That's <laughs> right. a good Other than that, nothing. Right. Nothing. I, he struggled with it, right. to be fair. <laughs> okay, yeah. But he, he I, I, I think the idea is that occasionally Klobuchar could, in theory, say something that is parallel to sane. That's the only standard we're talking about here. Um, and I think the left would say the same thing about Kasich, right? Kasich was a very boring, generic Republican that would say things that kind of felt good to the mainstream media, which is why he was the nice guy, right? Trump was mean. Cruz was mean. Kasich was the nice guy. He was the, mm-hmm. he was the moderate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they do say that about mm-hmm. uh, Klobuchar when she's not, you know, pelting she, employees with yeah, things. She's, she's not Minnesota around. nice. As right? long as you don't work for her. Right. She's He's very nice. nice. She's very nice. Uh, and as warm as those winters, she's grown accustomed to. Uh, so Tulsi Gabbard, then maybe Ben Carson. Yeah, because he's totally kind of from out of the not not a normal Republican, right? He came from a a totally different background right. as Gabbard she's, did. She's. Uh, she's very religious in her way. He's very religious. And I think, didn't he have some strange uh, background and, they, or uncommon there background? There were reports on that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, they're both really nice. They both kind of had a little bit of attention, but never really made a serious run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay. Possibly. Okay. okay. All right. uh, now, Tom Steyer, Oof. I put into the category of Chris Christie, if mm. power was money in his state, you know, uh, and mm. if because the only difference here, this one feels like a reach to me. OK, it might be. It okay. might be. But here's what it is. You know, no matter what they act like, you know, in your heart, there's a lot of corruption going on there. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So you look at Chris Christie and you might be like, ah, it's funny. And look at the fat man on the beach and whatever. <laughs> um, but it's all about power. And yes, you know, there's a little corruption going on there. Maybe a lot. And the same thing goes with Tom Steyer. He can he can okay. write, you know, the little T's to remind him to tell the truth. Nobody has to draw a T on their hand to remind them to tell the truth. I wake up every day and write, don't be Satan yeah. on the back of my I hand. I do that Just too. to remind myself. Try I, not to be Satan. I get up every morning <laughs> after I remind her, don't be Satan. <laughs> Who yeah. does that? Usually it's easier. Yeah. You don't, you know, unless you are Satan... I'm not saying, look at my hand. <laughs> he writes crosses on his hands, and then he lights them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of like Chris Christie. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. You know. I mean, I, I it's a little bit of a reach because Christie was, you know, a, a governor, and, and they're coming from totally different backgrounds. But I can see the similarities there. Yeah, they both bit. had power in their own way. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. have power in their own way, and both of them. You know, would close the bridge if they if they if they wanted to. Oh yeah, Steyer's closing matter. the bridge for He's sure. Closing the bridge. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Right. And Bloomberg is George Pataki. Bloomberg is. Think of that. Think of that. I, I think Bloomberg's got a better chance of winning than George Pataki. Yes, but they're both as lovable. Mm-hmm. Pataki might be a little more lovable, uh, but they're the same kind of New York politicians, yeah. certainly. <laughs> Anyway, I have a point to all of this, okay. and I'll get to it in a second. I'd love to hear your list as well, uh, Stu. Um, but uh, we'll get to that here in a second. First of Okay, so now think of this. This is the way the Democrats are looking at this election. Remember, last election, they look at us as radicals and revolutionaries. If you believe in the Constitution, you're a radical and revolutionary. Why? Because if you believe that, you're dismissing the last 100 years. And the last 100 years have been 100 years of progress. Look how great things are now. So 100 years of progress. The progressives on both sides, the Republicans and the Democrats. Remember, progressives started with Theodore Roosevelt. The progressives on both sides dismissed the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence a long time ago, a hundred years ago. And so we were seen as radicals that want to drag you back before Woodrow Wilson and Theodore Roosevelt. Well, yes, because those are the American principles that have been distorted by the socialist movement in the progressive party early on. So, yeah, we want to get rid of those because we don't believe those are progress. That makes us a radical and revolutionary. We're wanting to stick to our founding documents. Their radicals and revolutionaries want to do the same thing, except it's Mao's little red book. Or it's, you know, the Communist Manifesto. They see themselves as refounders just as much as we did, except only one of us is truly an American idea. The other is this European socialist communist idea that it goes against everything America stands for. This is why our radicals, one, wraps themselves in the flag because we are proud of America. The other needs to destroy America. Remember, um, Marx said at the end, America is the target Because it will shed who it was. It will shed its ugliness and its capitalism and its freedom. 
and it will gain real freedom through this this communist new order in the communist manifesto that's the radicals then in the middle is the mushy stuff that we all rejected and they want to reject as well they just didn't have a donald trump step to the plate they don't know who can beat donald trump that's the problem they keep trying on another pair of donald trump shoes and none of them fit Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Really glad that you're uh, here. Stu, we... Stu and I were just talking about this list that I made because what you need to understand is here's the here's the main difference between the left and the right. The the right's radicals like the media made out everybody who went to that Virginia rally yesterday. That's a radical, a revolutionary. They're a danger because they all accept the progressive premise that we don't really have the Constitution and we don't run it like we used to run things. And that's the point of our radicals is we need to get back to the Constitution. So we have a right to privacy. We have a right to life. We have a right to speech. We have a right to the Second Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, all the amendments. That's our radical. And they see them as radicals on the left because they've dismissed everything prior to 1900 is just nonsense it doesn't matter it's not relatable anymore what the progressive radical the left radical the difference here is they're going back to 1858 and they're getting the communist manifesto and they're saying we need to fundamentally change america because america is a bad place so the Democrats don't have a uniting force. The Republicans have a uniting force, and that is we all love America. We all love the Constitution. Now, some of us, some of us want to adhere more to it than others, but none of us want to abolish the Constitution. None of us think America is a bad place. None of us think that, you know, we, we, we made mistakes, but we've been trying, and we're getting better all the time. The Democrats, the regular Democrat in, you know, flyover country, I think the non-political ones, just the normal Democrat, believes the same thing about the country. You know, I, I love the Constitution, but some of it might, you know, might want to change or whatever. But I don't want to throw it out. I don't want to throw our system out. I love the flag. I love our country. I think we made some real mistakes that we don't, you know, necessarily admit to. But we're a good place. We just need to fix it. Where half of the Democrats believe that, and all of the Republicans generally believe that, half of the Democrats don't love America. And so you have this Joe Biden guy who's like, okay, well, okay, he loves America, and I don't, you know, he's probably going to do some, you know, things that, you know, will increase welfare in the state and everything else, but I'm okay with that. I just don't want to be with the radicals. That's a split. I, they have to decide which one are they. Which one are they? And I think they are deciding, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're the s- radical. The it's very possible a non you know uh, outward socialist wins this 
primary mm-hmm. for them. But yes. I mean, they're making a statement as the party as to who they're putting in charge, right? Correct. I mean, Correct. You know, basically, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is running the party at this Correct. point. They're all signing on to the Green New Deal and all this nonsense. Correct. So they, they, they've made their intent clear in a long-term way. And the that only time they Joe talk Biden about the, win here. Right. And the only time that they don't talk about the Constitution and uh, the only time they do talk about the Constitution is times like impeachment, when yeah. it works to their advantage. Exactly. Just like right. the only time they care about uh, your rights with your body is when it's abortion. Yes. When it's your doctor, of course, obviously you can't. No, the government's going to make those decisions. Yes. When it's every other topic, they don't care about individual liberty at all. But right. in this one, they do. They use right. they use these things when they need them. Correct. But I'm looking at your list, and I think I pretty much agree, because you're comparing the 2020 Democratic field with the 2016 Republican field. They're making the same kind of choices we were making. Who are we? So you, this is your list here, and I think I agree with all of them. Let me give you one. Ex- let me try to sell you on one difference. Okay. So you're saying Bernie Sanders is Rand Paul, and you kind of said more like the Paul family. Like yeah. The, more the like Ron, Ron Paul. Ron is a better Rand example. Paul, yeah. But yeah, because he really had more of a cult um, following. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Ted Cruz. I think mm-hmm. that's like pretty. You know, very conservative for Cruz, very liberal for Warren. Still in the Senate in the system a little bit can work the system more than a ron paul or a bernie sanders yeah, ron paul mm-hmm. represented a revolution uh, bernie sanders represents a revolution uh to democrats warren uh, represents more of an evolution right same place but you can do it without like you know blood in the streets perhaps <laughs> right. and the same thing with ted cruz He's just going to be able to put Ron Paul's, many of Ron Paul's things that Ron Paul supporters would really like into place. But it'll take you to the same place just without blood in the streets and blowing the thing up. Pete Buttigieg, uh, you had Marco Rubio, which I, I'm, I'm, it's growing on me, actually, because kind know, of here's, the, here's the young up-and-coming politician with promise. Yes. Right? That the establishment seems to like a lot uh, of, but never really could inspire a lot of passion. Like Rubio never really connected with Republican voters. He was the guy on paper, you might say, is the one who should win. He's the guy in 2008 that would have swept the the nomination. Mm -hmm. He would have swept the nomination. And, you know, in 2016, Rubio looked for a while like the guy who had a good chance of winning. And I think if you look at this field, I mean, Buttigieg comes from no status right mm-hmm. like he's a you know a mid mm-hmm. mid-city mayor where rubio was a senator in florida but generally speaking if you looked at this field kind of on paper you'd probably say Buttigieg is a good idea for the democrats right i mean yeah. he's young he's well-spoken he's smart Correct. you know he, there's a reason he's diverse diverse right the same thing you'd say with rubio yes. right like he has diverse yeah has all those same characteristics yep. biden is jeb bush that one's a little problematic just because bush faded so quickly and and Biden has because, led this case the whole time. Let me, let me explain this. Mm-hmm. Because we had every single choice loved America. So there was a whole bunch of them we could look at and go, uh, okay, if that guy drops, we can just go to the next one. Mm-hmm. So Joe Biden, uh, or, uh, Joe Biden is like w- really the only iconic guy that stands for the old establishment and, you know, still loves his country. Everybody else is shades of loving their country, and they start pretty gray, <laughs> you know, and then quickly descend to black. Yeah. Where, where Jeb Bush, he didn't have to fight that battle. So you lose Jeb Bush because you're just not an establishment guy. 
Because really, I don't think the Democrats are establishment people either. They don't, I don't think they actually want Joe Biden. He's just the best one up there that represents steady as she goes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, and I, that was the idea with Bush. The Bush administration was not remembered by Republicans as fondly as the Obama, Obama administration, administration is yes. for Democrats. Correct. So there's, a, so there's a difference there. And we should also point out, Jeb Bush did fade very quickly. However, Biden might too. I mean, he's leading now, but if he loses these first two states, who knows what happens? Yeah. So he might be gone early, too. Uh, Klobuchar, Kasich, I like that one a lot. Uh, Gabbard, Carson, I think is the is the right way to go. Um, Andrew Yang as Carly Fiorina, I think is a is a really, really good one. Tom Steyer, Chris Christie is a little bit of a reach, yeah. but I think it's, it's, it's as close as there's you can nobody, get with Steyer. There's I no mean, Steyer. No, really. I mean, you'd have to go to some, you know, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful right. Life. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's not really a good fit there. No, uh-uh. um, the one I would kind of say I would like to because you said Bloomberg was Pataki. And again, like Pataki was out of it immediately. They have both New York politicians. Yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. similarities. I, I know think, where you're going. on this. I think if there's a Trump in this race, it's Bloomberg. And if you think about it this way, Bloomberg, obviously, they're both billionaires. They're both businessmen. You might think of Bloomberg as in a politician, but remember, he was a businessman turned politician. Mm-hmm. The only thing he's ever done in politics was the mayor of New York, which is obviously a big gig. Um, he breaks with party orthodoxy uh, relatively often. He doesn't agree with on the, both so, sides. Uh, you know, right? Like Trump would like would would was yep, against things sides. like free trade and things like that. The same thing with Bloomberg, where he'll, he'll embrace business, which makes Democrats very uncomfortable. Um, he's a he's a wild card. He can get himself on television. I mean, he owns a television network, so it's pretty easy to get on. But I mean, he can get himself on television. Bloomberg, he's not to the the near the profile of Trump, but he's also going to spend. A, you know, he's already spent hundreds of millions of dollars of his own money. Um, he is a, a a wild card in that no one can really predict where he's going. He's not first. Trump led the polls for a long time. And I don't think Bloomberg has near the chance of winning that Donald Trump did as far as, as far as the primary goes. But Bloomberg is in fourth or fifth in a lot of these national polls. And he is the guy coming in after these early states to try something that no one's ever tried before, where Trump was running a campaign with basically no infrastructure, trying something that no one has ever tried before. I'm not saying this means that Bloomberg is going to win the nomination, but if there's someone close to Trump on the Democratic side, I think the profile is Bloomberg. I think the profile is closer to Bernie Sanders. Yeah, but it's not. It was never because, an ideological look, movement. No, no, with no. Trump. I know that, but neither is Bernie Sanders. He is an ideological movement, but he is also Larry David. He also does things, and you're like, I mean, who does that, that New York Times interview we just played where he's like, I don't send birthday cards. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not going to say happy birthday to you. Why, why, why would I waste my time? He's, he just is raw and is perceived as honest. I think, though, there's two <clears throat> ways you sound like that. One is you are an ideologue like Sanders, or he doesn't care because he, know, he legitimately believes in socialism and doesn't care if he doesn't sound right. The other way is when you have fu money, that's Trump and that's both Bloomberg. It's Bloomberg does Bloomberg. the same crap to people. He's he's a guy who told a reporter at a party when a woman walked by that was dressed in a tight dress, and he said, "Look at the ass on her." He said it to a reporter in the middle of a profile. He is also the guy who took a uh, 
a, a an air conditioning unit from an apartment style window yeah. and put it in his SUV <laughs> so when it was sitting out front his car could be really cold without burning any uh, any fossil fuels. Right. So I could see Trump doing something I like that. I could too. I could too. And the thing is with Trump and, and I think about that. one other similarity I would say is one thing with Trump is what well, he did break with party orthodoxy relatively often for a candidate that wanted winning the nomination for sure. However, the things he agreed with the party on, he really agreed with them on. Things like the the border, for example. Mm-hmm. Look at Bloomberg. Bloomberg has been the preeminent funder of anti-gun causes in the United States. Mm-hmm. He has been the preeminent funder of of uh, global warming causes in the entire United I know, States. He wouldn't burn fossil fuels in his car. He's, I'm not saying he's a consistent he, person by any <laughs> right, means. Yeah, he's, know, his personal know, character, know, right, is totally different um, than those things. But he wouldn't be able to excite the base on it, big issues like that, even though he disagreed on things like taxes and business. He would be able to get a lot of Democrats on board because he would stand up and say, basically, repeal the Second Amendment. I mean, he'd be basically to that level of anti-gun talk. He'd be basically to that level on global warming. He would be the type of guy who would be like, we're doing an emergency the day I get into office. I mean, there. I'm not saying he and has he the same chance to win, guy, but it's the same profile. He would be a guy... Uh, same profile in many ways, um, except the stardom and unpredictability is what was attractive to many on Trump. And as you were talking about that, that is also the Achilles heel of Donald Trump. People like stability. Right. And they're not sure that they can, you know, the Democrats don't find him stable at all. Many Republicans don't find him stable. Uh, You just never know what's going to happen next. Um, and that's the one thing that if he could excite the base, maybe he doesn't, he just is not a likable guy though. No, but um, I mean, that was a big complaint about Trump too. He never had high personal likability numbers. Oh no, he did. No. He was the, no. the, 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 he, the Trump, the, uh, that the, was the big complaint about Trump is that he wasn't likable. I mean, again, like he was a TV show star. I know he was. But I'll say this, too. Look about, at his rallies. I, I tend to keep coming back to the same thing. A lot of people are saying, if they split four states, then Bloomberg has a chance to jump in. I think the best chance for Bloomberg to win this thing, if there is one, is Sanders, 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 Sanders. If Bernie Sanders, let's say, sweeps those first four states, which isn't impossible, then the Democratic Party is going to be cho- with that real decision of, we have no one except Michael Bloomberg and his $2 billion dollars and or Bernie Sanders, a socialist. We may lose with Bernie. He's too far for me. There's one option here. The only one left is the guy with all the money in these in these now, Super Tuesday states. Let me just say this: then we have to break. Uh, imagine if you had Ron Paul as the candidate, mm-hmm. the first four or five states, and then the Republicans said, "We got to stop this guy." Imagine what would happen. Mm, imagine what would happen to the party. Imagine what would happen if they were in, say, Milwaukee <laughs> over the summer. Mm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, next hour, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, Michael Bloomberg's uh, money. Mm. And what would you would you be running for president if you had his money? I would not. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Glenn, we can now officially announce that no podcast in history has ever grown faster than Stu Does America. 
It's true. It's we are on I, the. I just right now I'm looking at it. We zero. are up infinity percent compared to last month. Infinity was, percent. No, zero. never been higher. There's no number higher than the percentage growth wow. month to month for wow. this podcast. Will you keep that up for the next 18 months? I think we can do it. Okay. I think we can do it. Uh, go to stewdoesamerica.com and subscribe on YouTube and podcasts and all that stuff. And, and may, look, I, would I continue to do that if I had uh, Bloomberg type money? Nope. You don't uh, even call to say goodbye. Don't even call to say goodbye. You're <laughs> don't right. Call, I, don't call. <laughs> Where's Stu? You're listening to Glenn Beck.